you're here on episode 182. Another episode that is going to push you out of your comfort zone and look at the world in a different way. If you're somebody that has felt unsure across the last few years about decisions by governments or doctors or family members or the news or police or you're at a point where you know it's time for you to have a different conversation or you're someone that's known the entire time that something is not right but you feel powerless or helpless in changing the enforced narrative. If any of that is in your wheelhouse, then this episode is part three in a little series we have that will equip you with better questions and information to take back to your own world and people and create a different conversation and ideally one that liberates you from being a prisoner of society, a prisoner of the narrative. This is another one of those episodes that should only be absorbed by open-minded and growth-minded people and that anyone that falls outside of that category, well, listener, beware. (laughs) These questions might really unsettle or disrupt your worldview. Stack hat on. (laughs) All right, let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Here we are on the show for another juicy episode in my series, How to Ask Better Questions. Now, you know the deal. In 2022, it's my mission to coach 300 people to get control of their emotional eating so they can lose weight and actually keep it off without counting calories or eating rabbit food. And if you hear this on each episode and think, oh, that could be me, here's a way to know if that's you. You've tried 5, 10, 15, 20 diets or maybe 5, 10, 15, 20 years of attempting diets and you are the biggest you've ever been or the most uncomfortable you've ever been in your own skin. You're heavier, more bloated than you've ever been and you're just sick of being on this merry-go-round that never seems to end up where you want it to end up and you're no longer feeling good in your own skin. If any of that stuff is you, then you are someone that can benefit from the program that I run called the Ultimate Energy Upgrade and the monthly membership that I have, the Consistency Club. So if you are ticking any of those boxes of anything we've just said, uh, then come and hang out with us uh, because we can really change your life. I'm 100% certain of that because I've been doing it for a couple of years now and I've helped hundreds of women and I've got an endless amount of positive testimonials. In fact, I need to get some of those people onto the podcast. But I would love to help you too because I'm very passionate about getting health and food and nutrition right because we can all live much more deeply fulfilling lives uh, rather than getting to a point in our late 40s, which is way too young to be like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to sign up for my disease and begin dying now. (laughs) We don't want that. All right. So come and hang out with us. There's a link in the show notes below. There's an m.me link. So head down there if you want to join the program or just inquire about it or get to know if it's the right fit for you or not. Head down there, click the m.me link and send me the word program on Facebook Messenger. And yes, it's really me. It's not a bot. (laughs) Um, And we will dive into some conversation. All right. So ask better questions. How to ask better questions in 2022. So if you've been following the podcast for a little while, you'll know that there's two of these episodes already. This episode is part three in the How to Ask Better Questions series. Uh, The other episodes, if you'd like to go back, are episode 132 and episode 138. Now, if you resonate with this episode, I highly recommend you go back and listen to those episodes. The whole point of these uh, episodes and this series that I'm going to be doing for as long as necessary is to um, use the 
community and platform that I have here on the podcast to equip you with tools and uh, ways of thinking and questions to put out into your friend network, your family, your just your entire community in order to make sure that you are believing and feeling and understanding the world in the way that it was intended. And what I mean by that is that we're obviously brainwashed intentionally, very, very intentionally by the news, by Facebook, and by any platform that has a mega reach and control over any group of population or people or country or world, you know? And Facebook literally has control of the world. YouTube has control of the world. Google has control of the world. And what I mean by that is the control of people's minds, perceptions, fears, and with with those three things, you can literally get groups of people to do anything. We've seen it in the last two years, and you could even argue that we're seeing it now too with the war in the Ukraine and Russia. So I want this episode to, uh, for, for people that are open-minded, for people that feel like the last two years and maybe many years into the future hasn't felt quite right, for people that have been forced to do things that you did not want to do, um, I want you to know that you are not alone. Um, And the questions that I'm going to share with you today are questions that I ask, are questions that I want you to ask. I'm not going to give you any answers, though. That's the thing. A lot of people usually come to this podcast for answers. I'm not going to give you any answers. I want you to go and do the questioning of the people in your world, of the systems, of your doctors, of everybody. And remember, collect information. Bring that information into your world so that you can then start to assess it and make decisions on it. Don't attach yourself to the ideas because when you attach yourself, you run the risk of being at the beck and call of the person who created that information. For instance, if you are somebody that religiously watches the press conferences of the state premier or you know the prime minister or president and you attach yourself to those words, whatever they say will produce an outcome in your life that you then have to deal with because you are essentially a puppet and you're doing whatever you're being told by these particular people. We don't want that. We want you to be a free agent. We want you to be a free thinker that does not attach yourself to ideas outside of yourself. And this set of questions is, uh, like I said, the third set of questions that I've given people to begin asking of the world so that you can take back authority and independence in your thinking and what you do with your body and your life and your family. And maybe a good place to start, because I've already mentioned it, is the war with Ukraine and Russia. Why is the mainstream media pushing the Ukrainian perspective of the war down our throats in the same way that they did COVID? Now, again, I'm not making a political statement. I'm not uh, telling you to believe one thing or the other. I'm just encouraging you to ask, why is this the message? If it took you um, a month, six months, a year, two years to realize that we were being misled with COVID. Remember when you that moment that you woke up and realized that like, oh, maybe it's not all as I'm being led to believe. I want you to apply that to every news story that you ever hear because the news is a tool of the government, right? And they're usually communicating a message to you for a reason. Now, I'm not debating whether the reason is good or bad, but for a reason. And if you don't know the reason, then... Unfortunately, it's really easy to get lost, right? So my quest- first question is, why are we being yeah pushed this Ukrainian perspective and that we should all love Ukraine and support Ukraine? Now, disclaimer, anyone that dies innocently in any act of war, terror, violence, like that's horrific. 
There's no debate there at all. But unfortunately, we're humans and humans uh, have aggression and violence and war and that's a part of being human. Um, And so we have to understand from a political standpoint, from where we are in Australia, why is this happening over here? Um, And there's plenty of amazing impartial resources um, online on YouTube and in different places to answer this question. Uh, And I don't want to answer it for you. We've all got different opinions. Um, But the point is, why? Why is the Australian media thrusting it down our throats? Now, to move into the theme of the last two years, uh, because I, I, I want to remind people, yes, I want to get back to normal too. And yes, I've suffered with mental health and loneliness and, and losing friends and losing people to suicide, to social ridicule, being uninvited to family events. Like, I want to get back to normal too. But I want to remind you that this stuff and these questions are really important, especially pertaining to the last two years, because if we just kind of forget about them, then the government are going to continue rolling out their regime whilst we're distracted with getting back to normal, which means that when we are in a situation, you know, maybe a year, maybe two, three, four, five years from now, and a situation happens, we'll realise, oh, that all unfolded when I wasn't paying attention and now rights have been lost, now things have changed. So I want to start with, have people forgotten that this virus, without a vaccine, has a 99.97% recovery rate. Have we forgotten that? Which then leads to the next question, why in Australia and in many countries, why are they advertising the fifth booster? Is Western medicine and Western science and research so pathetic that the first one didn't work and the second one didn't work and the third one didn't work and the fourth one didn't work? They're advertising a fifth booster. Months away, like these are months apart, only months. Where and and with a with a risk of ninety nine point nine seven percent of that's a that's the risk of success, which is amazing. Why do we need to continually increase the risk of putting unknown substances into our body to outcompete a zero point zero three percent likelihood of death, which is extremely low? So why do we need a fifth booster? I have I'm yet to hear a rational argument for an answer to that question that makes remote sense to me as a scientist. Yes, I'm not a professor. Yes, I'm relatively young uh, and there's lots of things I don't know. But at this stage, I'm yet to understand it and I'm not going to engage with anything that I don't understand. Hence, ask better questions, right? So the other one is for the people that have had these shots and have had these boosters, why is there a sudden rise in heart attacks and cardiac events and why are a lot of people, and when I say a lot, I know that's a very arbitrary term, but why are seemingly more people than usual dying in their 50s, 40s, 60s? The point is younger than they should. There's a lot of people dying and a lot of athletes. In fact, I just uh, read an article about 75 Uh, elite soccer players in A-League soccer over in Europe and England that have collapsed on the field due to cardiac issues and cardiac events. And there's been news reports here in Melbourne, and yes, the news is not reliable, but there's been news reports here in Melbourne, Australia, that have mentioned the increase in chest issues, chest pain and cardiac issues with Australian Football League players. I watched it the other day because a player was taken off the field uh, because he was having cardiac issues, presumably cardiac issues, chest pain. And there seems to be a running theme. There seems to be a really uh, consistent theme that 
fit, healthy, elite athletes alongside your very unhealthy, overweight, middle-aged person is getting these cardiac events. And maybe the difference between the athlete is the athlete survives it uh, and the you know your average person like you and me that's on the street that's not an elite athlete uh, actually ends up dying from a heart attack um, or from you know swelling of the heart or whatever it might be. You know these are these are questions that need to be asked because death is terrifying. They've used death, the fear of death, despite it only being zero point zero three percent likelihood. They've used that fear to control us for years now, four years, even before 2020. But they went really, really hard in you know the last couple of years, as we know. Now, the other thing to consider is that if we're so terrified of this you know, virus on one side, why are we not equally terrified of something else entering our body? The vaccine. Why are we not, why are we, why are we not concerned about that? Or why are we just like happy to go along with it, right? And these are questions. These are non-judgmental questions. I want you to go and answer these questions for yourself. The virus enters your body. Uh, a vaccine or a medicine enters your body. Why do we know heaps about one and we're really scared and we know very little about the other and we're not scared? That seems a bit confusing to me, right? <laughs> it should be the other way around if we're thinking in the way that I think, which is I think is pretty logical. Um, but, you know, I'm happy to be challenged on that. The point is... We've got to keep asking questions because even though we're getting back to normal and we're just starting to accept, oh, yeah, these these things that they put in our body, they're just routine. And, and you know, I've heard announcements as well about the fact that oh, you'll get the flu and the COVID vaccine together. It's like, oh, yeah, this is great. Like that is still stuff going into your body. And just because you don't experience a symptom in the, the 15 minutes that you're meant to wait after receiving an injection doesn't mean that there's not long-term consequences. Like people have really long-term consequences from exposing themselves to different things. Asbestos is one of those things. There's uh, coal miners that uh, you know have issues much later in life because they breathed in so much shit when they were younger working in mines, right? And it's the same for some of these things. And the other thing to mention is that did you know? Uh, you know, in 1986 in Australia, the uh, vaccine immunization and immunity. Uh, legislation was put forward. So that protects pharmaceutical companies from ever ever being sued for their choices uh, and for their damages to they, that they do to the population. Why on earth, why would a company ever be allowed to protect itself from the fact that they've hurt someone and they're not allowed to get in trouble? Like that's terrifying. And that's been, that's been a part of our culture since 1986. So that's why most people are like, vaccines don't cause injuries. It's because legally you're not allowed to hear about them. The news is not allowed to report on them. The companies are not allowed to be sued. Uh, and all of these groups that are full of people that have got vaccine injuries and those groups are absolutely proliferating at the minute because of you know why, um, they're silenced. They're silenced. Now we've got the internet, the technology of the internet and algorithms and we can just quickly edit the algorithm to remove someone from a platform or to make sure that that news is not found. It, it gets buried so deep. And, and we're left in a situation where some of this information is only accessible if you actually talk to a human. And then we get gaslighted by someone saying, hang on, that's not scientific. Show me a research study. And it's like, well, I don't have a research study because it's illegal to do a research study on this stuff. Do you see the conundrum we're in? Anyway, the point of this uh, little ramble is for me to just challenge your thoughts, is to 
to push you out of that comfort zone a little bit and for you to take back some of your independent thinking to no longer be thought for. And I know if you listen to this podcast, it's highly unlikely, but uh, there's lots of things that we do put on autopilot. We might be really passionate about one area and ask lots of questions and be inquisitive. And then in a couple of other areas of our life, we're just on autopilot and we don't even apply the same thinking to that area of our life. Hey, hey, my listeners, what's up? If you're enjoying the episode thus far, please consider writing a review and dropping in five stars on the Apple podcast page of this show as it really does help the visibility of the podcast to guide other people to find it. And as well, it helps other curious people just like yourself prior to tuning into the show to see whether or not this podcast is a good fit. And I, of course, hope that it is. And so that's really the best way to support our work and what we do here on the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. Oh, and I also love seeing you share the episode on Twitter Instagram or Facebook and I often reshare those posts so be sure to give me a tag at Matty Lansdowne. Okay, let's get back into the episode. Next one. So, we've talked about uh, the cardiac events. Oh, by the way, (laughs) I read an article. It was about soccer um, or, you know, football if you're British and European, um, about the the reason for the increase in cardiac events was because of the increase in the amount of times that referees are blowing the whistle. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I actually read that article. I shared it around. It's done, done the circles amongst my health practitioner friends and just the absolute insanity. It's like, so the way to not have a heart attack on the soccer field is to make sure you play within the rules so nobody ever blows the whistle? Like, what? what is the message there? You know, like, how dumb do they think people are? Like, is there people that actually read that article and was like, oh, wow, you know what? Not only is COVID dangerous, but now whistles are too. Shit. <laughs> Stay away from whistles. <laughs> what ridiculous nonsense. Um, all right, here's another one for you. Here's another uh, better question to ask. If the FDA, which is obviously not Australian, but if the FDA last year announced that they cannot distinguish with a PCR test the difference between the flu and COVID, then what is everyone getting sick with? How is everyone testing positive to this thing? Or rather, how do they know this mythical beast is actually COVID that everyone has. How can they not distinguish that it's either COVID or it's the flu or it's a rhinovirus or it's insert any other possible outcome? You know, humans have gotten sick with lots of these things for lots of, you know, human history. So it's like, how how do they know the difference? And by the way, for a lot of my scientific career, I ran PCR tests and I'm certified in reading PCR tests, <laughs> and I've contributed to research where we used PCR tests, and I'm telling you, I don't know the answer to this question. <laughs> but we seem to have forgotten about it. Society seems to have forgotten that they announced that they can't distinguish the difference. And, by the way, I'm a part of um, a group of signatories and there's hundreds of thousands of us of medical professionals around the world, mostly doctors and scientists, where we signed a piece of paper that was um, the fact that COVID had never been isolated. And we were agreeing to the idea. It, was kind of, it wasn't a petition. It was like more like a legal statement um, that 
there was no evidence of COVID-19 as a virus being isolated and that this document was put together and a bunch of money was put behind it um, in order to challenge Big Pharma and say, prove that this many doctors and scientists are wrong, basically. And to this date, it hasn't been tackled. It hasn't been competed against. All that keeps happening is the signatures that appear on that document, um, of which I'm one, um, just keep going up. So it's not just me. You don't just like, Maddie. you don't even sound like a scientist. You're far too animated. Well, there's plenty of hardcore nerds out there that actually fit the doctor, scientist, you know, description in a conventional sense uh, that are on this. And some are famous. You might know some of them. Many of them have been kicked out of their profession, their job. Many of them had to quit like I did. Uh, it's, it's not a small group of people out there that are on this document. So it's yet to be isolated. So why, why are we getting rat tests and, and what determines whether the rat test is positive and what is it positive with? I don't actually know the answer to this question, but I'd like you to ask that question. The next thing is, has this been a rebranding event? And you're like, rebranding, what's that? So businesses do rebranding all the time, right? So a business will rebrand and it'll get rid of their old colors and logo and the fonts they used and they'll get a new brand, which makes it look a little bit different and feel a little bit different and attract a different type of person. Um, So we can do that in the medical world too, in the health world. Um, I actually recently underwent a rebrand. You probably, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you probably noticed I rebranded the podcast. I changed the font, I changed the colors, I changed the photo and it gives a slightly different vibe. Now, has this event been a rebranding event? And what do I mean by that? Well, is everyone that's been sick in the last couple of years with colds, with flus, with all the things we used to get sick with, is it just now all branded as COVID? Now, when anyone's sick with anyone, They've got COVID. I mean, yes, we're determining that with these rat tests um, or tests at the hospital. But again, what are we testing? Like, how do you know which part of the DNA or the RNA is actually that particular, you know, virus? We, we haven't seen it isolated yet. It's yet to be isolated. So what, is, what are we testing positive for? Right? It's really confusing. These are important questions to continue asking as we get back to normal because... We don't want these tests and these injections to become a normal part of life when we don't have answers for their safety, for their health. And in fact, if you're me or you maybe, there's more evidence for their lack of safety and the harm that they're doing. And yes, maybe I have a biased exposure. I'll, I'll be the first to acknowledge that. I think a good scientist is very capable of acknowledging their bias. I am a part of many groups of uh, people that have left Western medicine and have experienced the negative side of Western medicine in really, really bad ways. Again, not as I repeat all the time, Western medicine is amazing. It's a really useful tool. It's saved millions of people in different ways. But at the same time, it's also got a very dark history and clearly a very dark present and future. Um, of world control and the pharmaceutical revolution, which is basically a world run by Big Pharma, which we are in. It is happening. It is happening right now. So, yeah, I'm actually more scared of what they're sharing with us than I am of actual viruses (laughs) because I can't trust the safety data. There's so many people dying uh, and I've seen adverse uh, reaction data, which is very hard to find and very hard to substantiate because, again, we talked about it before. A lot of that stuff is illegal. It's illegal to 
be exposed to that kind of stuff because those companies get immunity. And it's obviously not in the government's favour to show you that the thing that they're encouraging hurts people. You know, it's back to branding. That's that's bad for business. We don't want to be branded with pain and suffering. Quick, bury it in the algorithm. Quick, remove them from the platform, aka me getting removed from Instagram. I wasn't even talking about anything crazy. Um, this, this podcast might be the craziest thing I've ever talked about. <laughs> Bizarre that this is actually considered crazy. But, um, you know, this, this is the kind of stuff I want you to ask. Like, and ask your friends, ask your family, ask yourself. And give yourself permission to be wrong. You know, that's really important. Giving yourself permission to be wrong about like, okay, why, you know, was I wrong? And, and I deal with a lot of um, parents uh, that feel guilty about the food they used to feed their kids. And it's like, you know, you know better, you do better. You back then, you didn't know, right? So as long as we live in the present, you can forgive past you. It's like, ah, oh, you know, you've had a couple of vaccines or you've had a couple of, uh, you know, medications or you've taken a couple of treatments or eaten a couple of foods that you've discovered later weren't good for you. Um, and that's okay. And again, I'm not making a statement about whether the vaccine is effective or is good for you or is not good for you. I'm saying that there are a lot of questions, hence ask better questions, that need to be asked before I am willing to risk my own biology, short-term or long-term, before I engage with this type of information. And until someone can give me an extremely detailed answer, and by the way, there are a number of career-long 30, 40-year vaccine scientists, professors, doctors, CEOs of pharmaceutical companies that are still to this day, and they've been doing it for most of the two years, are out there actively explaining in excruciating detail and science, with science, why this is not a good idea and why this is dangerous and why this is scary. I mean, in less than a year, we're up to booster number five. Like, how rushed is this science? How terrible and weak is this science if we need five, five injections in a year? That's a question to ask, right? I don't want to put amateur science in my body. <laughs> Have I taken medications? Yes. Have I had other vaccines? Yes. Have I worked in a vaccine uh, facility? Yes, I have. Uh, but this situation is very bizarre. Uh, and one of the things you could possibly do is spend less time on Facebook and Instagram because <laughs> that's where the narrative and the algorithm gets controlled. Same with Google, same with all these platforms. Um, another question to ask, and this is the case here in Melbourne and I have personal experience with this so I can ask this question and I do know the answer, but uh, um, I want you to ask the question, is that why are COVID fines, people that got COVID fines in the last two years, why are they being dismissed? Or why are these these fines in court being asked to be dealt with outside of the courtroom and outside of the legal system? Why would a judge say, can you please deal with this outside of a recorded environment? Hmm. I might do a podcast uh, specifically with my experience answering that question after a recent victory. But it's a question to ask. Why are these fines not being enforced if people were apparently breaking the law and their behavior was so incredibly dangerous to the health of society? Why? Why? Why, 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 why? Until you get answers to your why questions, I don't think we should be doing much other than asking why. (laughs) Here's another one for you. Why, if things are back to normal, are there still weekly protests? Here in Melbourne, we have a protest every single Saturday that grinds the city to a halt. 
And why are there monthly world freedom protests protests going on in very large numbers across the globe, in all sorts of countries that are quote-unquote back to normal? The question there is, one, why is it happening? But two, they're fighting for something. They're not fighting for two years ago. They're fighting for today. They're arguing against things that are currently still happening. Why? What do they know that you don't? What do they know that I don't? I go to a lot of these, so... I can answer those questions too, but what information is not a part of the uh, the buffet of information that you have access to or that you know about that's not just hearsay, that's actually able to be verified? Because on both sides of this conversation, the anti-establishment people have issues with believing their own bullshit and the establishment you know, people, like people that just love politicians, have their own uh, bias towards believing their own bullshit, right? So you've got to be careful. But people on both sides of this conversation are equally at fault. And it's the same in the natural health world. You have people that are so anti-medicine that somebody could say, oh, um, apparently if you do the roly-polies like a dog in the grass, because that's natural, it'll cure your cancer. (laughs) And they'll believe it just because it's anti-the system, you know? So you've got to be careful. And regulate your own, um, you know, bullshit parameters as well. (laughs) It's like, oh, am I getting sucked into a belief system about that? Because you know you've got to you've got to regulate yourself. If you don't regulate yourself, then you're being you're up to the regulation of whichever entity feeds you information. And remember, we want to take back control. That's a big part of the programs that I run: is taking back your control, your independence, your sovereignty, not being at the will of sugar, not being at the will of terrible packaged food. It's really important to do this with information. Everything you put into your body, not just food, not just in your mouth, not just food and fun. <laughs> but also the information that goes in your eyes, your ears, your nose, all of it is just data. Your body just interprets it as data, whether it's information, whether it's uh, food and nutrition, no matter what it is. But why are these protests still happening? Why are they still so passionate? What is still going on or what is planned to be coming forward? Not knowing is the scariest thing. And that's why this podcast exists, to encourage you to go and know, to go and find out, to be a researcher. You should be your own researcher. Don't believe things I say. And I think a lot of people that say that, they're coming from a good place because, yes, I have opinions. Yes, I have experience. Yes, I have access and interpretation of data that other people don't have. And yes, there are people that are far better at me than all of those things. There's heaps of people. Uh, But information and knowledge means that you have a greater potential. And when you act on that information and knowledge... It becomes power. It goes from potential into power. If we just sit at home with no information, no knowledge, then we're a puppet. And if we go and collect the knowledge and do nothing about it, we're also a puppet, except we're a puppet that lives in fear. And from there, we become a victim. It's almost better to not know, you know? And I have those days too where I'm like, oh, why do I have to know and understand this stuff? Like, it's so heavy. It's such a heavy burden. I feel worn down by it and, and, and at such a loss. And then some days, you know, well, more than not, I'm like, freedom is amazing. I love knowledge. I love that I have choice because I know. And so I'm hoping that some of this transfers to you as well. You can start to ask some of these questions and go and check out the other two episodes too. Episode 132, 138, so that you can start equipping yourself with questions to ask all of the people in your world. Having said all of that, I hope that you are getting back to normal. I hope that you are getting out of your house and you are connecting with humans. I know here in Melbourne, as the most lockdown city on the planet, that being social has been 
permanently fractured. And I can say that from personal experience and conversations with friends and clients. It's a thing that's been permanently fractured. Some people have crippling social anxiety. They can't leave their homes. Some people just don't feel the same. They just don't seem to get the same amount of nourishment uh, from moving about the, the world freely because there's this little thing on the in the back of their mind that's like, I'm not truly free and I'm just waiting for the government to come and lie to me again. It's a real thing. Those things are real things, but I really hope that you are getting back to normal, that you are reaching out to friends, you are connecting, going to groups of people, not just one-on-one, but groups of people, meeting new people, getting back to what humans are meant to do with each other, which is come together and share experiences, energy, food, uh, ideas, questions, conversations, and leave connected, fulfilled, and nourished. These things are so important for the soul. And as you may have seen, these have been battles that I've had myself. Living by myself, just me and Alfie, Alfie the studio cat, (laughs) Um, you know, and and getting back to normal and being cut off from society due to not having it, you know, you know, a particular tick in my life. Not the tick that causes Lyme's disease. Uh, conversation for another day. But, you know, and it, and it's we've really got to push ourselves outside of our comfort zone in order to get back to normal uh, because we need to get back to normal equipped with this knowledge and equipped with this potential so that we can create the futures that we want. Maybe, maybe all of this was a big wake-up call for a lot of people that were just a, a passenger to their own fate, being dragged along, And now you're able to actually make choices and be in control of the future and life that you want. And I hope these questions lead you to a place, whichever side of the argument you land on, uh, though it probably shouldn't be an argument. It should just be like, what's best for human health? But I want to equip you with these questions. I want you to go and ask other questions. I want you to check out the other episodes. And if you're someone that wants to take back control of your health and nutrition and your diet and your body and just move into a place where you're in control of what the food you put in your mouth and you start to feel good in your own skin again and you're a, a woman or a mum and you want to join the program, the m.me link is down in the show notes below and I really hope to see you there. Otherwise, for everybody else, let's hang out on social media, come and connect in all of the places And if you've enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot, share it into your social media stories, tag me, Maddie Lansdowne. (laughs) And if you think a friend can benefit from this or a family member or this is conversation that you've wanted to bring up with somebody in your world uh, and you need to leverage somebody else, send them my podcast and just be like, oh, I found this interesting. Because obviously when we try and have these difficult conversations um, straight from partner to partner or friend to friend, it can be really triggering and judgmental. So use this podcast and use me as a way to bring up these conversations in a healthy way rather than a destructive way. Because, yeah, I definitely know from personal experience that it can not go well. Um, You know, I got uninvited to Christmas, (laughs) as you all know. Um, I've been unincluded from things or uninvited from things uh, just because of people assuming assuming what I'm going to say and how I'm going to feel. A conversation wasn't even had. (laughs) So allow people the ability to absorb that information and communicate with you in a healthy and safe way. Anyway, gang, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being open-minded. If you made it to this point, I really am grateful that you are open-minded enough to listen to the end. uh, And I look forward to catching you on the next episode. We'll see you soon. 
Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use, and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.